Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are live. It's Wednesday, and that only means one thing. The DFS OG's back in the house. I am your host, Fear, as always, joined by my boys, Head Chopper and Notorious, breaking down everything in the sports world, presented by our friends over at FanDuel. Make sure you guys are going over there and checking out all the offerings, not only in the DFS lobby, sportsbook, casino, tons of stuff over at FanDuel. But let me bring in my boys here, and we'll get the show started for this week, give you the breakdown of what we're going to talk about. No, no, let's go over to you. We'll save Chop for last. Chop had an, an eventful night the other night, so uh, we'll, we'll save him here. But Noto, how's things? Welcome in, buddy. Oh, things are good. Uh, I'm enjoying a very slow summer. Uh, no more NBA. Um, baseball is finally ramping up uh, my DFS action, so hoping to get that going over the next uh, couple of months. And, yeah, I'm excited for football. Um, I've been liking the Olympics more than most, it sounds like. Sounds like Chop isn't a big Olympics guy. But, uh, yeah, I like the Olympics every four years, get some random events, uh, cheer for the country, uh, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, how are you guys doing? I'm good. I, I'm, I'm more in Chop's camp. I, I, just the Olympics have never been very exciting to me. You know, even the basketball, sure, it was fun to, to watch America win by 100 points back in the day, and now they're losing to, to France and – this and not a huge Olympics guy, so not anti-American by far. I mean, just Olympics have never done it for me. But let's get to the man of the hour. Now, you, you got to know something about Chop. The, the most humble guy I think I've ever met. The guy goes out and wins hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, and you never even know it. Had a big night the other night. I know he doesn't want this big ticker tape parade, but Chop, we have to say a public congrats to you, buddy. Huge night the other night. So welcome in and congrats on a big night. Well, I appreciate it. It was, uh, it, I had to stay up past my bedtime and I uh, paid for it the next day, but, uh, you know, all good, man. It, it really, uh, like I was telling Noto before the show, Hey man, I, now I don't have to deposit anything going into football because, uh, I'm pretty stocked now. There you go. Nice, nice to start flush going into football. We're about five, six weeks out from football. So, uh, the plan for today, as always, we're going to kind of bounce around, but we really want to talk to you. This show is live, so if you guys have questions, shoot them. We want to talk to the people. We want to answer some questions. So whether it's sports, it's life, whatever you guys want to ask, get in one of these comment sections here on YouTube or right here directly on the show, uh, and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Uh, we are going to cover some NFL news. Obviously, that is starting to kick off training camps well underway. Uh, we'll address the MLB trade deadline coming up. Some of the bigger names that may be on the move. Uh, we'll get some of Derek's picks. We got some, uh, speaking of Olympics, we, we do have golf that, that we can play. Uh, and FanDuel's got some nice contests in the lobby. And we're going to introduce a new segment, uh, something we'll, we'll, let, we'll talk about it later, but uh, something that we miss uh, as we get older. Uh, we'll have Derek introduce that. But just, you know, come becoming old men. So we want we want to harken back some things. Uh, that we miss from our younger years. So it should be a fun show. Again, want it to be a very interactive show. Uh, so please don't hesitate to reach out. So guys, let's start with, with baseball. We got the trade deadline right around the corner. Uh, teams obviously are, are making that call right now. Are, are we going on a run here? Can we add something to push us over the top? Are we sellers? Are we just looking to the future, trying to accumulate younger players, draft picks, whatever it may be. So Derek, let's throw it over to you here. Just want to hit on some of the bigger names that may be on the move here, uh, some of the implications with real-life baseball, with, with DFS, whatever you want to hit on here. Uh, thoughts on the MLB trade deadline coming up soon. 
Yeah, I think the two biggest situations to monitor, uh, Max Scherzer, um, he sounds like he's going to waive his no-trade clause, and uh, a lot of teams are obviously interested in him. Um, it sounds like the three front runners at the moment, Padres, Dodgers, and Giants, we kind of talked about all of them um, on potential uh, you know, World Series outright bets a couple weeks ago, and uh, all in the same division. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, he does say he wants to go out west somewhere. And then the Cubs are kind of having a fire sell. Um, kind of sounds like they're just uh, pulling the plug on the season. Jock Peterson's already gone. Chris Bryant expected to get moved. Craig Kimbrell, uh, one of the better closers in baseball as well. And then, I mean, even Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo um, have been included in some of the trade talks. So uh, those are some big bats. Um, the Brewers also looking to add a couple bats. Um, they've been involved in some Josh Donaldson, Trevor Story rumors. Um, they currently lead the NL Central by seven games. So if they could add some uh, offense, I think that'll be interesting. And uh, the one trade that has gone down, the big name, Starling Marte, uh, has been traded to the A's. Um, so that'll help their chances. They're trading the, or they're trailing the Astros by six games, but currently in the spot uh, for a wild card. Yeah, he brought up a lot of the names. Obviously, Scherzer, the, the big headliner here, and, and he instantly makes somebody the favorite. You know, if he goes to the Dodgers, I mean, it's pretty much a, a foregone conclusion at that point, which you'll get much better odds on some of the other teams. So he's going to go somewhere, and they're going to instantly become uh, the favorite to win everything. So just keep an eye on that. If you got a team you like, I know Chops and Astros guys, so maybe he gets a better number on Houston uh, if Scherzer doesn't end up there. So uh, Chop, anything to add there? Anything you're keeping an eye on here uh, as the trade deadline looms? I'm keeping an eye on all of it. Now, I was a uh... I was a little bit disappointed to see Marte go to the A's. I thought I thought the Astros had a shot at him. So uh, I was disappointed there, but that's okay. I, I think there's something else in the works for the Astros. Max is the name. I was chatting with a, a guy the other day, and uh, he was saying, boy, if the Astros get mad, Max. I, I, and I, ca I came back with, I don't want Max Scherzer. I don't want to pay that price on Scherzer. He's like a rental. He's He's up there in age. He may help you this year. He probably would, but I don't think I want. I don't think I want to pay the price for him if I'm an Astros fan. So I'm okay with not having Scherzer on my team for that price tag. Plus, like Derek said, those three West Coast teams out there—the Giants, Dodgers, Padres—are all going to bid him up so far, trying to outbid each other. That I don't want any piece of that. So, and it sounds like Kimbrel is going to be too expensive. So uh, maybe somebody will take a shot there. We'll see what happens. I think you can find good relief guys out there that are under the radar that, you know, you don't know that much about it. You can get them for a lot cheaper. So, yeah, I think there will be a fire fire sale in Chicago. And I, I think uh, teams like the Yankees or Red Sox are going to panic and they're going to start throwing way too much to get, like, guys back like Trevor Story and these veterans who are going to be on the move. And I just think a lot of teams are going to overpay. It's going to be interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Kind of looking at some of the standings, uh, you still have Boston and Tampa Bay basically battling it out for the East. So the Yankees kind of sitting in that tough spot. Like you mentioned, they're nine games back, but five games over 500. So they're, they're still very much in it. Toronto in that same boat. So four teams above 500 in that division. White Sox kind of pulling away uh, in the Central League. Cleveland by nine and a half there. Uh, you mentioned Oakland, Derek. Seattle kind of creeping up as well, six and seven games back. From the Astros, the NLE is still pretty tight. Mets, Phillies, Braves, uh, all pretty much in it, right around 500 for the Phillies and Braves. Uh, so they could be active here. Derek, you brought up my Brewers. Exactly what I need them to do is go get some bats. I, I love the pitching, the starting pitching especially. Uh, love the bullpen, but uh, that lineup, sometimes they, they spit that lineup out, and it, it does not scream to be World Series contender. So uh, if they could go get somebody, I'm good with that. And then you mentioned the West, uh, still a jumble. Giants, Dodgers, Padres, all still in the mix there uh, within five and a half games. So it uh, should be very, very interesting uh, as this trade deadline approaches. And Chop, you said it. Teams are going to start panicking. And, you know, some of these big market teams are going to spend some money. So uh, should be pretty active here uh, over the next couple of days. So uh, anything else baseball-wise you guys want to hit on? Any any other trade rumors you're seeing? Or are we ready to move on? To, let's let's move on to some golf next. Any other baseball topics before we move on, guys? Uh, I think I think we got it covered. All right, golf, Olympic golf, Derek. So I I kind of kind of poo pooed the Olympics. Uh, it sounds like you and Chop were talking earlier, and he's in the same camp here. But you have to enjoy that that there's golf here. That at least we can play some DFS. Uh, so give us our thoughts on the event, 
uh, what it looks like, course, uh, and then some specific plays or bets that you're looking at here on FanDuel for this event. Yeah, so if you're new to DFS golf, um, it's only 60 golfers this week. There's not going to be a cut, so you're not going to be uh, you know, yelling at your lineups after Friday's round. Uh, and it's going to start tonight at 6.30 Eastern time. So uh, make sure you lock your lineups before uh, you sit down for dinner tonight because uh, we get some primetime golf. So uh, that's going to be fun. The course looks pretty sweet um, there in Japan. Uh, I'm excited for it. It is a pretty long course. So if you want to target some bombers, I certainly don't mind that route. We don't exactly know how the course is going to play since we've never seen it you know, on the PGA Tour. Uh, but guys that are aggressive with their irons, guys that are you know really good off the tee, I think that's the approach you want to take, guys that make a lot of birdies. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different routes you can take. Obviously, the big story is going to be the two South Koreans, um, Sung Jm and Siwoo Kim. They're getting all the love this week because if they medal, um, they don't have to serve their two-year military service uh, for South Korea. So, uh, oh, oh, wow. That's so they got all the narratives going for them um if they come forth you know they have to you know two years um and we've seen a lot of golfers do that and just haven't been the same after after serving that military service so um i'm kind of looking to them uh siwoo kim is about 20 to 1 uh right now and uh or sungjay is about 18 siwoo is about 50 to 1 um so if you want to look at them outright um, you can also bet on them just to win a medal um which is kind of cool uh, my favorite at the very top, I'd probably go Justin Thomas. He's kind of been the king of uh, no-cut events. It doesn't look like he's going to get as much ownership as some of the other guys up there in terms of DFS. And then long shots I like. Um, Matias Schwab, over 100 to 1. I like Mito Pereira, over 100 to 1. And, yeah, overall, I, mean, I think it's going to be fun. Um, motivation's hard to, to kind of gauge during this. I mean, we even had one guy change his citizenship just so he can get into the field um that's Rory Sabatini and then you have Rory McIlroy who's kind of like uh, I'm not very patriotic I'm just here because I think I should be so um yeah it'll see it'll be interesting if anybody has any questions just hit me up on Twitter I'll be here for the next five hours um to answer any questions there you go uh and this event is coming up pretty quick so first thing I, I have a question and this is this is definitely a, a noob type question but this is Olympic. So is there gold, silver, bronze based on the top three in the finish, I'm assuming? Yep. Uh, and no ties. Um, at the start of the week, we were all under the assumption that um, if you tied for third, you all got a medal. So we were kind of all hoping for uh, the South Koreans to, to finish in a tie for third. But um, there will be a playoff if that happens. But yes, gold, silver and bronze. All right. Make sure you guys get over to FanDuel here. And I would do it pretty quickly. They have a $3 tournament, 3000 to first on that. But uh, running out of room there, about 1,500 spots available. Uh, there's a monster, 25,000 at first, 555 buy-in on that, about 25 spots left on that. Uh, and then there's a $7.77. Uh, so there's a lot of room left in that one. Looks like maybe they just threw that one up here. Uh, so plenty of, plenty of ways to get in and play some golf. Chop, any thoughts on the golf? Uh, any bets here in the FanDuel Sportsbook you're seeing? Uh, and thoughts on the Olympics. I kind of, I kind of get my two cents here. I, I want to see where you're at with the Olympics. No bets for me. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched, but maybe like uh, two minutes of the Olympics so far. I'm just not a big Olympics guy. I, I'll, I'll watch track and field here when it comes on. Cause that's, that's really interesting to, to watch the really fast guys. But, uh, other than that, there's just too many little niche sports that just don't do it for me so i'll watch basketball and i'm kind of glad the usa is struggling in basketball it, it, it wasn't any fun when they're beating everybody by 40 or 50 so this adds a little bit more drama to it to watch them kind of you know sweat a little bit i still think they'll win so it's fun but no i'm not a huge olympics guy so you don't want no bets from me now there was some talk. There's this three on three basketball. Derek, have you have you watched any of this? And and they're basically saying, you know, if NBA guys played in this three on three, don't think they're just going to walk in here and and mop the floor with everybody. So uh, thoughts on that? Because to me that seemed a little crazy. You know, if Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Giannis show up in a three on three, that that that's uh, I'm I'm laying all the money on that threesome against anyone that's playing in this competition. So. Uh, how is that looking? How's is is there anybody we know in that? I have not watched it. Is there any names, or is it just three and three teams that have been assembled throughout the year? I don't, f fill us in on that. How's that work? <laughs> yeah, I've been watching a little bit of it. Um, apparently, the number one ranked three on three player plays for Serbia. I think they ended up losing um, in the final. 
but yeah, America didn't even make it to the top four. Uh, I don't think in that, but it's interesting, man. Um, you know, right when they, the opponent makes a basket, they just grab the ball and pass it back out. It's not like a check. Like we used to play three on three back in the day where you check it up top. It's just constant. Um, and yeah, give me Kyrie Irving one on three versus these guys. He would smoke uh, this field. Kevin Durant, any of them. Um, I'd love to see the NBA guys do this. I think that'd be a blast. So is it like ex-college players? Is it anyone names that anybody would know, or is it just? I didn't. Um, so the WNBA has some players in it uh, on the girls' side. I didn't see any players that I recognize on the guys' side, but I didn't see America play. Um, I saw Serbia and China and a couple other teams. But, yeah, just uh, just watched it in, in glancing. But um, they didn't look like amazing basketball players. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different game. We've all had our, our pickup games, and I remember playing in the Gus Macker tournaments back in the day. The three-on-three is always fun, but still find it ludicrous that an NBA player couldn't come in there, like you said, one-on-three and take these guys on. So uh, Olympics, again, for me, I watched a little bit of the softball. All three of my daughters play fast-pitch softball, so uh, they're rooting on the USA, who took the L the other day, unfortunately, but same chop. I just cannot get into it. Just not an Olympics guy. So uh, it's on in the background maybe, but uh, just haven't been uh, as into it as I, as I should. My, my patriotic side maybe is lacking a little bit there, but so be it. So let's transition to some NFL talk. Uh, big news, obviously. We'll go back. This happened probably right after we recorded last week. Uh, we'll get to the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Don't worry. Michael Thomas uh, going to be out a while. I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but want to hit on it again. Uh, kind of, I think, did we talk about that last week? No, I think that happened after we, after yeah. We okay. So chop, let's throw it to you here. It's, it sounds like he's not going to be back till probably week seven here, uh, which obviously we have to talk about. What does that do for Alvin Kamara? What does that do for Latavius Murray, guys like Trey Quan Smith, Adam Troutman as pass catchers. And most importantly, I know you've been pretty heated about the, the Jameis Winston Taysom Hill debate, and I, I believe you've made bold proclamations that if Jameis was the quarterback for that team, they go to the Super Bowl. So does Michael Thomas put a hit in that? You also were very adamant about the over on the Saints. I believe that was your strong play uh, when we covered our team total. So I got to throw it to you here. A lot has changed for you, or maybe not. Maybe Michael Thomas isn't that that important to that team. I mean, that seems ludicrous to me, but – uh, the floor is yours. Uh, the Saints, a lot of goings on here. Oh, it's huge. And uh, I'm not uh, I like I'm starting to really sweat, sweat now on that, on all the stuff I said about the Saints, because this is not just Michael Thomas. They've lost a lot of people here in the offseason. They got guys suspended for the first six weeks on defense from PEDs. They got Marcus Lattimore's running around out there doing something. I don't know what he's doing, but he's in question and. And then now Michael Thomas gets hit with this. This looks like maybe not even back to week seven. Uh, and then even at that point, you, you're coming off surgery. Like last year, he tried to come back and he wasn't even healthy. And we paid the price in DFS every week. We try to roster him. So is he going to be like that again? And then it leads you to think, will Sean Payton panic? He doesn't have any receivers right now. Trey Quan Smith can't be like the number one guy, right? So. He doesn't have any receivers, so is he going to panic and go, whoa, let me just play Taysom at quarterback then. I don't got to worry about it. He'll just run around. So there's a lot going on there. I'm going to stick with him and hope Thomas gets healthy. Maybe they pick somebody up. They can come in and 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 do a good, an admirable job to bridge that gap. But uh, it's definitely a huge hit. That's one of the best receivers in the game. And I was really fully expecting Michael Thomas to – come in healthy and to get rid of that moniker that he's had, which is slant boy. I thought he could run more than just a slant this year with Jameis throwing him the ball. I thought he could run some different routes and, and be good, man. But now that's put on hold. So we'll see, but it's definitely a big blow to the, to the saints. So who are your chips on to win this job? Because I, I hear differing reports. Initially it was Jameis. He, he fits the offense better. Now it seems like maybe they want to go a little bit more run heavy uh, so that would lean more to a, a Taysom Hill type play. So are they both going to play? Uh, is this still something we, we're just not going to know for a while? What, what's your lean here with the quarterback situation? So everything I'm looking at, everything I've read, I mean, up until this injury to Michael Thomas, I was, I, I had uh, Winston as the edge here. And I, I think Sean Payton knows it. He's just not going to – the goal is to win a Super Bowl. You're just not going to win a Super Bowl with Taysom Hill. The upside is very limited. 
So you're going to have to have Jameis at some point. And so I think that was where – but now we ain't got no receivers. So you just don't know how he's going to start it out. He might start out those first six games of the year up until the bye week, uh, first five games, and say, you know what, let's uh, let's mix these guys up and then try to just get by those first five weeks. Then we get our bye week, and then maybe Michael Thomas comes back. And then we can go to Jameis. So I'm a little worried about it, but I still think just for the upside and winning the ultimate goal, he knows he has to have Jameis. Not Taysom, so I think I still think it's Jameis. And you know, by the way, we're not we're not doing best ball stuff that much on here. But if you are, you could get Jameis practically at the very, very, very end of the draft. I've been getting him in the last couple of rounds of drafts, and I think that's worth a stab in the dark. And there are some best ball drafts uh, in the FanDuel lobby, so make sure you guys are going and checking those out. Uh, Chop, I'm going to stay with you here, Derek. We're going to get to you in a minute, but. Chop, what does this do to you for Alvin Kamara? I, I hear some people that bump him up and stress he, he's got to have the ball more. He's got to be more involved as a pass catcher. We saw Taysom Hill not target him as much, obviously, as Drew Brees did. Uh, so what does that do? Does that bump him up here with this news? Do you drop him down a little bit? Does he stay the same? Where do you fall on Alvin Kamara here? You know, he really – he is uh, – obviously, those first five games or how many ever Thomas is out and not doing well, he's going to – uh you know, he's going to do well. He gets a big bump up, but I'm all, I've always drafted and I've always looked at my uh, seasonal stuff and said, I don't really, you know, the first eight, nine weeks, I don't really care that much. You know, I don't care that much. I, what can you do for me when it really counts, which is the playoffs and the Super Bowl of your, of your fantasy stuff and all that. So um, those first five weeks he's on, I would take Alvin Kamara over just about anybody. In DFS, he'll be the number one guy, I think. But uh, if you're talking about season seasonal stuff, like I think that I still want Christian, Cook, and Henry above him. And I think he's – I think Elliott's really knocking on the door too to be in that conversation. So uh, uh, long-term, I'm not as bullish on him as everybody else. But short-term, like when we, when we lay some projections out for DFS in week one – It'd be hard to think he's not, uh, you know, the number one or number two running back. I believe they get Green Bay in week one. So uh, definitely a good matchup uh, for him uh, as, as a running back. We know that, that Green Bay has struggled in that department, and I didn't see any major improvements. Uh, that's going to change that. So uh, we'll get to Green Bay here in a minute. Derek, I want to get to you on all of this. Uh, again, Michael Thomas out till probably week seven, it sounds like. So uh, what does that do to this offense, this team? The quarterback battle, your thoughts on some of the other ancillary pieces, whether it's Traquan, Adam Troutman is a name I kind of like. And then same question, Kamara, do you move him up? Do you move him down? Does he stay the same? Uh, break down the Saints for us here. Yeah, so I agree with you guys. I think Thomas being out obviously hurts the Saints offense. And uh, I don't pretend to have any insight into this situation, but um, Taysom Hill to start week one a couple weeks ago was like plus 250, um, and now it's even money. So uh, the money's coming in on Taysom, or you know, there's something that we're not seeing in the news uh, about him. Uh, perhaps the injury to MT. I don't know. They do have a good offensive line. Uh, they may end up, you know, leaning heavily on the running game, like you mentioned, Beer. So that's certainly something to keep in mind. And I do think uh, Kamara's. Fantasy pill certainly hinges on who starts a quarterback. If it is going to be Taysom, um, that does worry me. And if it's going to be Jameis, then, you know, I'll love Kamara uh, as long as MT is out. So agree with pretty much everything you guys said. Um, as far as the wide receivers, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Harris, Traquan, Callaway, I'm not sure any of them are really wide receiver ones, but maybe they bring somebody in. Um, maybe Troutman just turns into a superstar. I remember one week last year, he became the chalk uh, tight end punt of the week, and then I don't think he got a single catch. Goose so, egg. That definitely yeah. was a zero. I, I remember that week fondly. He, he hurt me hard that week. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I do think it hurts their chances to win the division, and it uh, looks like their number's up to plus 330 uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, as far as, as I, you know, Kamara, I moved him up. I, I put him now. I think he's just going to be so involved in the passing game. He has to be. And, you know, Taysom, yes, he'll be involved. Yes, if he's in there, he's going to steal goal line opportunities. But I, I do think Kamara may end up playing some receiver. You know, you look at their receiving squad, Derek, you just mentioned these names. Traquan is probably ideally your, your third receiver on a good team. So uh, to expect him to ascend to a wide receiver one, you can't rule out them bringing in somebody from the outside, maybe going and trading for someone on some of these loaded depth charts. But 
Uh, so I moved Kamara up to running back three, McCaffrey, Cook, uh, and then Kamara. So I moved Henry down to four. I uh, just think his involvement in that passing game is too good. Latavius Murray, I also moved up. I think he'll be very involved uh, in the running game. So be interested to see how this works out, who wins this battle. But Derek, I- I'm kind of with you and kind of leaning with the sports book. It's, it's always good to be on whatever side they're on. And if the odds are moving in that favor, there's a reason why. Either they're hearing something or, like you said, a lot of money's coming in uh, on that side of things. But it, it makes more sense now without Michael Thomas. Uh, to go with Taysom Hill or maybe a combination uh, of the two. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that uh, as we go throughout training camp here. So let's talk about my Green Bay Packers. Derek, going to stay with you, Aaron Rodgers. Finagles this whole deal, and he's going to come back for a year and maybe not next year, and you got to bring Randall Cobb back and uh, all kind of things. But he is at training camp, uh, so obviously that's good news for my team. Maybe they make one final run here. Uh, maybe they can get Devontae Adams signed. I'm sure he's more willing to talk now, but uh, I'm going to throw it to you guys first and I'll, I'll kind of clean up here. But uh, thoughts on this whole situation, Rogers back in camp. Uh, what does it do for Green Bay? Uh, have we seen a new total on wins? I know that was one that we skipped when we did our total, uh, our, our team totals back in one of our first shows. So uh, overall thoughts here on this, this Aaron Rodgers saga, Derek. First of all, uh, the shirt he wore to training camp um, it was an NBA Jam style. Uh, had Kevin from the office on it with his attributes and his uh, chili score, and uh, that was great. Uh, so I need to get that shirt. Um, other than that, I mean, he's just throwing shots at his team, at his teammates. Um, he came out and said uh, Jay Kumaro was the number two receiver in training camp. Can't believe they cut him. Uh, and then he said Green Bay isn't a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me. I mean – he is burning bridges left and right. I don't see him staying after this year, but uh, I think they'll still be pretty good. Um, they're going to have a great offense at least. So, yeah, uh, I don't know whether to like or hate Aaron Rodgers, but certainly a guy that you have to tune into. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's a little least better for the Packers and better for, uh, you know, Beer, you and uh, my wife because she would be not too happy if, uh, if Rodgers left. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of sick of this whole thing, and and he, you know, he had. We've talked about this. He, he's kind of a diva, and very much about him, and has issues with his family, and a lot going on with him. But as a fan, obviously, back, glad to have him back. I mean, Jordan Love, I, I don't think is the answer. We'll we'll see. You know, maybe he gets an opportunity down the line, uh, most likely next season if Rodgers is moved or decides to retire, host Jeopardy, whatever he's doing, but. You know, obviously glad that he's back, but yeah, some of the comments, you know, again, it, it reminds me of the old man, you know, when your grandpa gets to be of age where he's just going to say whatever the hell he wants. Cause you know, I've earned that right. That's, that was Aaron Rodgers today. Uh, really didn't hold back and don't really understand why he wants Randall Cobb so bad. And, you know, I didn't know he, he, he builds this relationships with his receivers, he either loves you or he hates you. And that's how you're, you're determined if you're getting the ball or not. You know, Kumaro was a guy I always thought had potential, but to call him the number two wide receiver is, is a bit of a stretch. And Randall Cobb, what have we seen from him over the last few years? Chop, you know, he's, he's down there uh, playing with one of your squads down in Texas. And I use the term playing very lightly. Uh, hasn't done a whole lot here. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. But I'm hoping they go on a run. I do think they can be a contender in the NFC. We saw them right there down to the end with, with Tampa Bay. A few questionable calls are maybe there in the Super Bowl. So is he motivated enough to make this final run or is there going to be too many distractions uh, is my kind of issue here. So Chop, your thoughts here on, on this whole Green Bay Aaron Rodgers drama? Well, I think I think uh, first off, when I said three days ago when I saw this tweet and the guy said something about Aaron Rodgers won't show up uh, until Randall Cobb is traded back. I thought it was a total joke. I thought I it was a joke. And they really did go out and trade for Randall Cobb. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I just, obviously I think that uh, what has happened here is, and what Aaron told you himself is he's laid it right there out. This is the last dance, just like Jordan and Pippen and those guys and their last season with the Bulls. This is the last dance him and Devontae are going to have in Green Bay. I think they're both gone after this year. Maybe they team up somewhere. And so uh, this is it for them. This is their last ride. Now, unlike Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and those Bulls, seems like those guys were going to coast pretty good to the to the title. I don't think there's going to be 
I don't think Green Bay is going to get out of the first round or so of the playoffs. Like you, you nailed a bunch of distractions on the head, uh, improved teams in the NFC. So I think they're going to struggle to even make the playoffs, but I think they probably make them, but then get bounced. But this is the last ride in Green Bay, man. One last year. This is it. I think they're both gone after this year, I believe. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, I, I want Adams to to renegotiate and sign that long-term contract. But again, if he knows Rodgers is leaving, there, there's no way that, that he's going for that. So we'll see. Uh, an interesting topic. And, you know, we'll see what else Aaron Rodgers has to say here. If Randall Cobb has anything to offer, you know, you still have guys like Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They bring in Amari Rodgers. So there are some weapons there. But fantasy-wise, it does help. Guys like Aaron Jones. Adams, to me, is now the wide receiver one. Uh, put him back over Tyreek Hill there. Robert Tunyon is a guy we saw score a ton of touchdowns uh, in this offense. Uh, even an A.J. Dillon kind of stepping into that Jamal Williams role. Uh, so hopefully you guys got some value on Green Bay if you've been drafting here in the last couple of weeks or if you put a bet in on them. Uh, you got the best odds you're going to get uh, on that team. So I'm I'm half excited, half ready for it to be over. Let, let's play football. Let's leave all this nonsense to the side, uh, and hopefully we get that here uh, soon. One more thing I want to talk about uh, in the NFL, guys, is this whole vaccination thing to me is very interesting. And, you know, some guys saying I'm not getting the vaccine, and uh, we don't need to debate if you are pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. We'll, we'll leave that uh, to some of the politicians. But the, the fact that, you know, they may make players wear different wristbands. And if a guy is unvaccinated, he can't come back for up to 10 days. Uh, the other guys, if they have the vaccine, they can be cleared in as fast as two days. I just want to open this up. Does this concern you more so in a season long sense? You know, in daily, we'll know who's in, who's out. But uh, say you're doing a season long draft, Eric. Is this something that we're going to have to factor in? And some of these guys, we've heard from DeAndre Hopkins, we've heard from Leonard Fournette, you know, there's Cole Beasley, obviously has kind of been the poster boy uh, for this. So is this something that we're going to have to be concerned with factor in how, how serious are you taking this when you're looking at these guys in a draft? Yeah. I mean, the whole situation's wild. Um, I don't know what the right answer is from the NFL's perspective. And it sounds like they're not going to have, you know, week 19 to have makeup games. So certainly a concern uh, for the guys that are, you know, vocally saying, you know, they're definitely not going to get it. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, luckily, DFS is the GOAT, and uh, we don't have to worry about that as much uh, just playing single-week contests. So, uh, yeah, my my one season-long league, I'm not going to put too much thought into it uh, with my with my home guys. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a concern if you're playing a lot of uh, high-stakes stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Chop, same question to you. I mean, some of the bigger names, again, DeAndre Hopkins, the guy you're going to have to spend a first-round pick on. You know, Leonard Fournette, it's, it's kind of in that questionable backfield, but – is this, is this concerning at all? Do you see this getting worse as we get closer to the season? Do you think the NFL will kind of come to some kind of compromise? How do you see this kind of playing out with this whole vaccinated, unvaccinated situation? Well, I, I understand both sides of it. That's for sure. Like, I, I understand, like, both sides of it. But uh, how I see it playing out is guys are going to get vaccinated. And I think the, the, the minute uh, – they knew that decision had to be done was the minute that the NFL said, you're going to lose your game check. If, if you cost, uh, you know, if you can't play because of this. So uh, that's going to make guys, guys aren't going to want to like NFL is unlike any other sport with the no guarantees in their contract. And so very few guys have that financial security to be able to do what they want. So uh, they'll get their vaccinations. The NFL is almost forcing them to do it. So, We'll see. I, I, I don't think it'll be much of an issue this year. I think by the time we get to September and roll it around, guys will be uh, vaccinated and ready to go. So I don't think it'll be a big issue, but it, it's just a bizarre issue. Uh, but I understand both sides of it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I definitely see both sides. I think people should have a choice. They want to get it, they get it. If they don't, they don't. And, but you're right. The NFL, they almost have too much power. It's just like they can suspend anybody and put them on the commissioner's exempt list. And even when there weren't charges brought up. so. Uh, the NFL just has way too much power here. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Anything football-related you guys want to bring up? Any news items you've seen you want to discuss? I saw Lamar Jackson speaking of COVID tested positive. There's been a few uh, positive tests. Obviously, we know this this Delta variant is kind of firing up uh, and making things difficult again. So 
hopefully, fingers crossed, this, this doesn't affect the season and the ability to have fans in the stands uh, and whatnot. But uh, any other NFL news, any NFL items, things that you guys want to bring to the table here, Chop, we'll stay with you. Yeah, the only thing I would say is uh... – have you guys seen the pictures of Ezekiel Elliott? When that man, yes, yeah, he's, yes. He's, he's now. I don't. I I fall for some of those pictures sometimes, especially the Zion in shape stuff. And then you really see him in, on TV, and he's really just. It was all angles and cameras and shadows, but Elliott looks ripped, man. You can tell this is a man who's going to have a big year. He's ready for it. He just moved up my list as well, and it, it, it was partly that. I mean, I, I like to see that lightest weight that he's been, I think, in his career. So, uh, but I, I do. This offense is going to be dynamic if Dak can stay healthy with those three wide receivers, with Zeke, with Blake Jarwin. If he's healthy, I just think the sky's the limit for this offense. And if they're one, of, they're one of the highest scoring teams. Which if they stay healthy, I don't see how they aren't a top three scoring offense. Zeke's going to be a big part of that. We know. He can be a weapon as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And even with a Tony Pollard's role expanding and getting bigger, uh, I think Zeke's still going to be a big part uh, of that offense. So I agree. Derek, thoughts on Zeke? Any other uh, NFL topics you want to bring up here? Yeah, Zeke looks great. And uh, isn't it wild that every single player in the NFL is in their best shape of their lives uh, at the start of training camp? It's just weird how that works every single year. Uh, But kidding aside, he does look great. And uh, one other note on the vaccination thing. I mean, if the NFL wants to, you know, try to persuade these guys to get vaccinated, I think they should give them something rather than, you know, threatening to take things away. I saw one proposal saying, you know, if you get vaccinated, you won't get tested for marijuana this year. We know that's been a big, uh, we know it's been a huge deal um, with NFL players and it shouldn't be, but I think that would have been a great way to go about it. Um, I don't know, you know, the ramifications of it and all that, but I thought that was a good idea. And then uh, maybe touch on uh, Deshaun Watson. He's in camp. Uh, NFL hasn't taken any uh, restrictions on him just yet. Uh, his hearing's not until February. So do we expect him to suit up at all? Probably not for the Texans, but uh, what are his chances of playing football this year? I, I can't see him escaping the, the commissioner's list on this one. I mean, there's 20, 22 cases, I think, pending against him. So even if he were to, you know, get scot-free away from all of that, you know, Roger Goodell still going to drop the hammer. I think a eight game at, at the minimum is what he would see. So you know, I hearing a lot of whispers about the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, possibly making a deal here, have a ton of uh, draft equity. I believe they have three first round picks. Uh, obviously if Jalen hurts, you, you could flip over to Houston. So I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's an interesting case. Cause you, you know, some of these drafts that are going on, you can get him very late. You may be burning a roster spot. You also may be getting a top three to five quarterback, you know, in, in the twenties at the position. So I personally don't think he escapes this and plays, but Chop, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I, man, just there's so many things working against him that I don't think, uh, like, I don't think he wants to play in Houston anymore. I mean, he says that, but you would think that this would kind of change him. Like, man, maybe I should just play wherever. So you got that. Like, he doesn't ever want to play in Houston. They're going to have to trade him for him to, to even play this year. And then you've got this 23 cases against him and, like, that's overwhelming, man. 23. So I don't think he plays this year. That's kind of like if I'm the last round here of my drafts or whatever, I'd rather take a stab on a guy like Jameis who's like 50 to 50 50 to be in a really good offense with a good head coach and stuff rather than a guy that I just really don't think plays this year at all. And he reports to camp, so he avoids the $50,000 a day. And, and they have him just standing around. I, I saw reports that he was just standing on the defensive side of the ball, and he took a wheel route as a receiver. So they don't even have him playing quarterback. It's it's just a weird is – that, is that the worst-run organization in sports? Let, let's stay here with, with the Texans because – they got to be close. And Chop, I'm going to stay with you. It's in your neck of the woods. I know you're a Cowboys fan, but we're, we're going to pin this on you. Are, are the Houston Texans the worst franchise in professional sports? At worst run, I'll say. Uh, if not, t- top three, top five, where, where do they fall in the hierarchy? And I'm sure there were some others around uh, all of sports that were really bad. But as, as far as the NFL, by far, you got to think that at one point, they had, you know, some really good players, some really good opportunities, and they stuck with uh, 
their head coach, man, even though we made fun of him week after week for the like bad decisions he was making year after year, they stuck with, they stuck with Bill O'Brien, Bob out there for all that time when he ran this team, stuck with him and stuck with that. Like everything they've done. Yeah. Just in the NFL, for sure. The, the poorest run organization, maybe in the history of the game. Wow. I mean, they wasted oh, prime JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Think about all that talent they had, man. Don't forget about the, the team in the area that I live in, in the same situation, Chop. I, I'm a Packers fan, but I now live in Michigan, the Ann Arbor area. Detroit Lions are right down the road. That, that's that's a pretty poorly run franchise over a ton of years that wasted at least talents like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and, and the list goes on and on. So uh, I think they could stay claim uh, to that. No offense to all my, my Lions buddies out there listening. Uh, you know I don't love me any Lions, so – uh, they are one of the organizations for sure that that's just been terrible. So, Derek, uh, thoughts on the Texans? They got they got to be in the running at, at worst of worst sports run organizations. Yeah, for sure. Especially like John mentioned when Bill O'Brien was a head coach, he was out there quoting like the numbers when you run the ball thirty plus times a game, and so he was saying they need to run the ball thirty plus times no matter the score. And he just doesn't understand that. The team. The reason why teams are winning when they're running the ball that much is because they're milking the clock late in the game, not because uh, one necessarily leads to the other. But yeah, uh, bad run organization. Same with the Lions. Um, my Jags on the up and up though. So there you go. There you go. We'll, we'll see. Time out. Time out. They just <laughs> we'll hired Urban Meyer. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the worries. Urban going to drive that thing right back into the ground. So Urban and Tebow, let's go. Oh boy, is he going to make the roster, Derek? And is he going to be a uh, a Taysom Hill light? Because he's not going to be a tight end. Is he going to keep him on that roster and play him at quarterback? I mean, so our boy Cam just bought a Tebow jersey, um, so I'm hoping that he makes a roster just for Cam, so we can uh, keep that jersey. I, I knowing Urban Meyer, just his history, I I bet you this guy finds his way onto the roster, and just it, it's just a thorn in the side. If you're a Trevor Lawrence guy and you're torn between two guys in the draft. That's something you're going to want to keep an eye on because Tebow will steal some of them goal line opportunities, even from uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne. So uh, we'll see. I think it's a long shot, but uh, nothing nothing goes beyond Urban Meyer, I suppose. So uh, some golf questions in the chat, Derek. We kind of already hit on it, but Bryson Anderson was asking about the Kim M narrative, which I hadn't heard. That that's 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 intriguing to me. I mean. What more motivation you had than to get out of basically a two-year sentence than to go out and win this thing? So just want to recap that for Bryson, uh, your thoughts on those guys. Does that make you want to play them in DFS? Does that mean everybody's going to play them because they know about this narrative uh, if they're too highly owned? So just recap that real quick. We also had Dustin Schmidt asking you about the golf. So uh, people fired up about this golf tonight. Yeah, uh, I am definitely a sucker for a good narrative. So I'll be playing both of them. But uh, the problem is, so will everyone else. They are going to be more popular than they probably should be uh, just based on, you know, their talent levels. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they even skipped the Open Championship to uh, get ready for this. So nobody ever skips majors, and they both skipped it uh, just to get ready for this. If you don't want to play them a high ownership, you can uh, bet them to win medals uh, over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I think uh, Cebu is 18 to 1, so you get, you know, bronze, silver, gold, and then uh, Sungjae plus 750. So I think that's probably the better route to go if you don't want to worry about ownership. There you go. So uh, we're almost out of time here. We're trying to keep these to about 45 minutes here until we get uh, more into the heart of football season. Kind of a kind of a slow day here. Some baseball, some golf going on, but Derek wants to bring a new segment to the table. So we always love uh, talking things other than sports. So Derek, I'm going to turn things over to you here, buddy. What do you got? All right. So we are the OGs. We've been around forever. We've been around the block. So I thought it'd be fun uh, each week to talk about something that we miss um, about the old days, whether it's personal life, sports, uh, DFS. Um, so yeah, I thought that would be fun. So let's kick it off. All right. Chop, you got some? You want to get started here? Oh, uh, I, I I got something I, I could tell you that I miss. I miss uh, I can't I don't drink that much anymore because I miss being able to drink and then wake up the next day and and actually you know bounce back pretty strong, yeah. pretty hard. If I drink too much now at night and it it'll just ruin my next day all the whole day. The whole day will be ruined and there's so much pain. Waking up in so much pain. I already wake up in pain just getting older. Things just hurt. So. I just I just can't drink anymore. I miss I miss being able to drink and, and then wake up the next day and and feel good. And I I don't feel good anymore. 
I, I, I can, I can vouch for that. You know, when you're younger, you're in your twenties, you, you could day by day by day. It doesn't matter. You could party three, four nights in a row. Now one night it's, it's, it's rough going. You know, we have our, our coral <laughs> nights here and it's, I, it, it I can be tough. Being, so. being in my twenties, I was able to like go out. You stay out to the bars closed two in the morning, get in at three in the morning. I had my alarm clock set to go off at six to get up and go to work. Three hours of sleep, no big deal, man. No, no big. Deal. I splashed water on my face and ready to go now. Now, but I got to sit in the bathtub all morning long just to kind of shake it off. So what? What's the minimum hours of sleep required? Because I was the same. If I got four to five, I, I was generally like, I'm, I'm good. I feel great. Now as I get older, it's I'm finding I need more and more sleep. So, chop. What, what's that magic number on the sleep? Seven hours, eight hours. Where, where are you at? Well, the problem with getting older is uh, slowly but surely your level of sleep for me has kind of it's taken a turn for the worse. Like uh, as I get older, I, I just don't get as much sleep. So I'm already struggling in that department. And then now you got the you add in some alcohol and it like the alcohol will knock you out at first for about an hour or two, you know, if you drink enough. But eventually you'll wake up and feel bad. So. I mean, yeah, I just, it's not about, it's just about time period. It's not even about sleep. It's just about time. It just takes so much time to recover the next day. So uh, from too much drinking. So I just, I just can't do it. It's not worth it. Derek, how, you're not quite as old as Chop and I. So you, you, you still have some young man in you. Is it same for you? Are, are the, are the late night drinking back-to-back nights? Are those uh, in the past for you? Man, I might be younger in age, but I am the oldest man ever when it comes to alcohol. Um, <laughs> Four beers and I get a headache even before I go to bed. Um, it's terrible. So I just have like a bottle of ibuprofen with me at all times in case I'm uh, drinking, especially on the golf course. Uh, I mean, I love drinking for sure. But um, yeah, I get I give some bad hangovers. So I definitely think that's a great answer, John. Pro tip. Take the, take the ibuprofen or the, the Tylenol, whatever, before you go to bed. Don't, don't wait to wake up with the headache and the hangover. Get out ahead of it. Take it in advance. So set my alarm every four hours for it. There you go. Whatever <laughs> it takes. So uh mine, you know what I miss? I, I'm gonna go pretty far back here. And, and some of the younger people are gonna like, what the hell is that? I, I miss the good old video store, the blockbuster, the you know, where you go in and there is no Netflix, and I can't just hit buttons on my TV. If I want to watch a movie, I either watch the crap that I have on my shelf that I've seen. 15, 20 times, I hope there's something good on cable, or I go to my local video store and I, I see all the new releases and and hope to God that the new release, even though they have 50 cases on the wall, that there's one hidden behind there that's available. So, you know, renting video games, renting movies, renting DVDs, just the atmosphere of a video store. I, I definitely miss that. So, yes, it's nice. It's easy now. You know, things, things are, are a click away when you want to watch something with with Disney Plus and all these other things, but just the, the good old video store I, I miss. So you, you guys got any video store uh, memories? Or listen, Chop, Chop listen, probably worked man. in a video store. I, I didn't. I wish. I wish I was good enough to get a job at Blockbuster. But <laughs> listen, Dean's rolling over in his grave. I get it. He doesn't want to leave the house to, to get a movie. But boy, when that when Blockbuster and, and and Hollywood Video, all those video stores were at their peak. That was an event on Friday mm-hmm. night. That was yep. an, you looked forward to it the Absolutely. whole week. Man, we're going to get a new movie. It's going to be a new release. We're going to go pick it out. You know, it's it's just that was an event for Friday night. And now everything now is just everything's just too easy, too easy. Just stream it, and it's no good, no good. You know what the best feeling in the world was, Derek? Any thoughts here on the uh, the video store? Yeah, best feeling in the world. Your movie. There's no. There's none left. You go up, you say, oh, can you check the little bucket, the return bucket for me? And they have the movie that you're looking for. Oh, man, that was great. Yeah, I mean, that was rare. That was like a, a one in a hundred type thing. You know, usually yeah. that, you know, then nothing was good in that bucket. It was all the, the crap you didn't want. But, yes, it did you you hit gold when you hit that. So, uh, Derek, what, what's your, uh, what do you miss from the old days? All right, so I uh, I went DFS related, and shout out to our sponsor Fanduel. But I really miss uh, Draft Street, man. That was uh, that was my jam back in the day. They had the super sharp pricing. Uh, I remember one week the Jaguars defense was thirty six dollars, um, and the salary cap was fifty thousand. Uh, so that was awesome. I love the fact that they had uh, the scoring on NBA. You got minus points for missed shots, so you couldn't just play Kobe and Shaq and uh, get away with that. Love that. 
And it also brought me uh, into Roto Grinders. Um, I got to write there, uh, you know, the blog promotion. You wrote like four blogs, got 50 bucks in draft draft street credits. So, yeah, that's going to be my, uh, you know, what I miss about the DFS side. Which is funny because that, so back in the day, we're talking, what, Shop 2009, 2010. Like, I remember seeing the name Head Shopper and all these little lobbies I was in and FanDuel and all these these sites that don't really exist anymore. And, you know, we'd, we'd butt heads here and there. But I really remember the name Notorious from Draft Street. You know, that's where you kind of built your brand, your name. You crushed it over there. You you were pretty much like the Draft Street expert when that, and that, it was a fun site. Uh, no doubt. Just a different game that the tight salaries, like you said, it was very difficult to build a lineup over there. You know, the early days, it was pretty easy to make a good lineup. Draft Street made it very tough. So, again, Bando, we thank you for sponsoring the show, but we're, we're going to we're gonna pour one out here uh, for Draft Street. So, and some of the other sites, Draft Zone, you know, the, the Gary Payton debacle, there's been so many that have come and gone, but... Uh, yeah, that draft street was a good time. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week. You guys got any final thoughts here for the people before we get out of here? Derek, let's stay with you. Uh, yeah, if you guys are looking for some content on a Wednesday, uh, Andy Means wrote a great piece on the draft, uh, on some of his favorite bets uh, for the draft. And then uh, SBK, um, who walked on the NBA show with us, he is trying PJ DFS for the first time ever, and he's writing a series about it. Um, it's called I Hope I Don't Suck. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, he wrote his first uh, piece for the Olympics this week, if you want to check that out. Love it. Yes, NBA draft, something we were hoping to talk about, just didn't get to it uh, here this week, but uh, we'll be able to recap it uh, next week Can kind of take a look at some of the some of the picks. Chop, who are you hoping for for your Rockets there? Is this Jalen Green, the pick? I'm hoping that uh, either Detroit screws up and lets Cunningham go by, but if not and everything holds true, I'd, I'd, like, I'd love Jalen Green, yeah. There you go. All right, Chop, final thoughts for the people here for the week. Yeah, final thought would be that, uh, you know, we're desiring this out, man. So check us out on the social media, man. Get your questions in. You can get a question in on Twitter, on in Discord, on RG. Anything you want us to talk about, you hit me up or Beer or Noto. And we'll talk about it, man. We're just killing some summertime here for you guys. Yeah, and any topic. And there's no topic that that's off off uh, off limits. So life, strategy, sports, whatever you you want to talk about it, we will bring it up on the show. So uh, don't be afraid. There, there's no such thing as a stupid question. We'll, we'll answer anything. We love talking to the people. The reason we're here is for you guys. So. Uh, let's make this show more interactive. Want to say thank you again to the fine folks over at Fandle. Make sure you go and support them uh, for supporting the show. Want to say thank you to all of you for listening, tuning in, joining us. We'll be here each and every Wednesday live all throughout the NFL season and leading up to NFL. We'll start getting more into rankings, things like that as we go along. For Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Beer Sansalu. We are the DFS OGs. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.